from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. We have the pleasure of being joined today by Nick Entwistle, who a year ago started up an enterprise here in Mallorca called Yachting Gives Back. He's joining us today to share with us of some of the incredible work that they have achieved over the past year and really right now why this group is working so hard and is so important in our lives here in Mallorca and in the lives of the yachting community. Nick, lovely to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Very good to talk to you. So, Nick, we were actually chatting about when you started. It was around a year ago. Um, you are well known here in Mallorca from your previous time in Pinmar. And can you, just to get us started, can you, for those that don't know about it, can you share a little bit of how the inception of Yachting Give, Gives Back started? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um I'd uh, part of my job in in Pinmar was being well, in fact I I started off as a volunteer at the Pinmar golf tournament and I helped to run that for years so I actually did five golf tournaments before they gave me a job <laughs> um so I was always involved in that and and that sort of the fundraising element of that was always very important so around about Christmas time last year looking ahead to my retirement I actually retired in May um thinking about what I wanted to do. And uh, you know, this this island has been very good to me. And I was in a position where I would have plenty of time in my retirement to try and uh, do something else on, the, on a sort of voluntary front. And it was, uh, as, as I always say to people, I'm a great believer in stealing other people's ideas and especially the good ones. <laughs> and Really, I was just, um, it was the thing we've all seen in the supermarkets here about where they, the charities do a food raising campaign, stick a couple of trolleys by the tills, you buy a couple of extra things, put them in your basket and pay for them. And particularly um, and Christmas time. On the trolley at your way out. Yeah, exactly. And so sitting in the, in the shipyard last Christmas, and it was probably, was that the first full year of the massive new synchro lift, uh, beg your pardon, travel lift mm -hmm. in STP. Um, and STP was absolutely packed with a lot of seriously big boats and, you know, hundreds of millions of, of whatever's worth of super yacht. And just thinking, well, if I ask these guys nicely, they could probably rustle up a couple of packets of rice or pasta. Um, you know, why don't we see if we can't raise something from from yachting? So, and, and my initial idea was just to call it a, a food raising campaign. Um, and then, uh, so talk to various people, talk to a few skippers um, who all thought it was a lovely idea, various other people. Um, I spoke to Sarah Forge, who... Um, had done PR work for us for the the golf tournament, mm -hmm. uh, and who's now married to the to Howard, the wonderful dentist in Santa Ponza. Uh, Sarah came up with the name of Yachting Gives Back, which was brilliant, um, and helped me to write. A, did help me with the, did a lot of the initial research into the reason, you know, into what was needed, um, and helped write an initial press release and so on. And then uh, Ian Douglas Pinmar's wonderful marketing manager kindly turned the name Yachting Gives Back into a beautiful logo. Um, and so off we went. Yeah. And um, Nick, just to get to the bare bones, um, as many of our listeners know, we broadcast here from Mallorca. 
Loads of people in the yachting community have come to Mallorca. It's a beautiful island. For most people, they say they see the beautiful side of it. The sea, the marinas, the, the ports, the beautiful mountains. But I have to say, it was actually after interviewing you guys the first time and finding out more of, you know, where you were involved, the stark reality of how tough life is for many people on this island really came home to me when you guys started up. Can you share a little bit of that information? Uh, yes, quite. Um, it was, as you say, it, it's very easy sitting in a super yacht, the absolute epitome of luxury, um, surrounded by lots of others, um, not to realise that you know life gets a bit tougher on the uh, on the other side of the Paseo Marítimo. Um, so yes, uh, yeah, there, there was clearly a need, uh, uh, and and so on. Um, if you look at uh, so, so I started looking, talking to some of the other charities. I talked to Shambhala, whom I knew well through the golf tournament, and they put me in touch with uh, a well, a soup kitchen, really, a, a social dining room, a Commodore Social Tador, and Mallorca Center Fan, which was a food bank. And looking at the work that they were doing and how many people they were feeding uh, uh, every day uh, was uh, was a real eye opener. And and to understand how many people living on. Uh, some living on the street, some living rough, who were being fed at Tardor, some who had accommodation but were struggling with food, struggling to buy food, which was where Sensafam, Mallorca Sensafam, which is a food bank, comes in. So, uh, so yes, there was clearly a need there for uh, as much help as we could give in both of those directions. Yeah, and I, I, just to add to um, a little bit from my memory of it, it just really surprised me. I don't remember exactly the percentage, but it's it's quite a percentage of people in Mallorca who are living on 350 euros a month, which just blew my mind. And percentage-wise, we're looking at somewhere between 15 to 20% of people who are just hovering around the poverty line here. Yes, just, I mean, looking at... Um Yes, 21%, I think, is, is the latest figure that I saw from Tony Balthar, who, who runs uh, Tardor. And then, I mean, just to give you an idea, the, the, the number of people, they were feeding roughly 300 people a day, I think. And now that's gone up dramatically. They've now got something like 1,200 people registered with them, um, but feeding more than 400 a day. And, of course, because of the kind of, you know, they can't run it as a as a dining room anymore. So they're having to feed people who are then queuing up outside. So really, although we used to call it a soup kitchen because that was the English phrase, it never really did, did it justice. It really was a proper day center. It was a very nice day center. They would have volunteers in there cutting hair, um, doing giving ladies manicures and so on. Um, and people could at least get in out of the cold or out of the rain and watch television and keep warm. That, of course, now, because we can't, have such social groupings anymore that of course it really has turned into more of what we would understand by a soup kitchen which is long queues of people outside waiting on the street and then being given food to take away so uh, yes in, yeah. in, in the current situation it has got considerably worse obviously well and can i just um having a look at the Asocio Taldor website the you know we have been singing every night here in new york at eight o'clock for our medical workers We've certainly talked about, you know, the people working in supermarkets and pharmacies are still 
you know, working hard. Uh, it's not an easy time to be exposed all the time. But I think one of the unsung heroes of these are the people that are getting up every single day. I believe they're preparing at least 400 meals every day. Yeah. Um, they're, they've got babies, they've got families, they've got children. Um, and that that's not that's just one part of it. They're also delivering things, aren't they, of toiletries and things like that around the place as well. Uh, yes, we were. There were a couple of uh, yes. I mean, we've collected toiletries for them, and also for uh, a lot for Ya Inga, which was the um, at the end of last summer. Uh, Tador announced that they had found premises in town in General Riera, which they were going to convert into. Uh, well, again, to call it a homeless shelter does not do it justice. I mean, it's it's beautifully done. They've done a fantastic job there. It's now fully occupied. There are about 40 people living there and so on. But yes, from our point of view, the timing was perfect because it coincided with refit season. So we were able to collect huge amounts of bedding from the from the yachts and so on, loads of mattresses and duvets and sheets, pillows, etc. Um, and, and, and a great deal of toiletries uh, too. So that... Uh, that then opened. Fortunately, that that opened just sort of before the crisis hit. So that was all uh, went very well and is now is now fully occupied. But of course, now with the with the additional problems, uh, obviously the the economic hit to the island is massive. The tourist season, um, you know, is is well, it's not starting anytime soon. Um, so the number of temporary workers who would have had summer jobs in the hotels and other aspects in the tourist industry, that's all uh, put more pressure on things. So, yes, there are far more people living rough. Um, as you may have seen, they've opened up a few sports centres. Um, I think there's one at San Marsh, part of the part of the football stadium complex. Uh, San Ferran, which is where I we, we took, we managed to collect a lot of toiletries together. We were asked for some there and also clothes as well uh managed to take quite a lot of warm clothing there because um it's uh, there were people there who, who had you know pretty much what they stood up in and nothing else so changes of clothes and so on so uh so yes there, there, there was a huge uh, surge in demand for sure um so before we we move on to how people can help right now i know um i mean you guys really made a huge impact in the last couple of months before we hit lockdown here and you had a lot of different events coming up that were going to be part of the fundraising one of the, I mean one of the most effective ones is as you were saying about refit season getting yachts involved getting the bedding and the clothing you had food runs going on of people bringing in food not and it wasn't just the super yachts it was also the yachting community wasn't it uh, very much so. Uh, I mean, it, once, uh, as I say, it started off, the idea was just a sort of food raising campaign. But then people said, oh, but do you want this? Yachts would say, oh, you know, the yachts ch changed its name. Do you want some old crew uniform? Um, yes, by all means. So we found uses for all sorts of things. Um, uniforms were great for the for the Shambhala youngsters and so on. Uh, Mallorca Sense of Fam, the food bank, also had a conventional charity shop alongside. So they would uh, take stuff. So we sold uh, or donated a lot of stuff there that they were able to sell, which uh, bought more food uh, and so on. So, yes, we were collecting food, clothing, toys, a lot of uh, children's stuff, children's clothes, toys and so on. Um, so, yeah, we were collecting from all over the place, going to different, going to private houses, 
uh, here, there, and everywhere. I've been to yeah, Poyensa, uh, Andrach, Camp- uh, the middle of a field, uh, somewhere between Campos and Estrenk was uh, was a lovely trip out. As according to my satnav, there wasn't even a road there. I was just in the middle of this field, but sure enough, there was a house and a lovely gentleman who, who well, young young man whose kids were growing up, and he gave me a car full of uh, children's clothes that his kids had grown out of. So um, yeah, we we had terrific support from all over the place. Um, but specifically within the industry, we had a couple of things towards the end of last summer, which were a massive boost, uh, which was the regattas, the, the TP52 regatta in Portals, uh, which was brilliant. And then as a result of them getting involved, we were then contacted by the Oyster people for, for their regatta in the Club Nautico. They were both uh, terrific um, and ter- great contributions from both of them. Um, and we were very much looking forward to doing the same kind of thing uh, this summer. We had already got an agreement with the Subiop Cup um, that we could be involved there. And because obviously the, the, the yachts there, they, they all need huge numbers of extra bodies to race these uh, boats. So uh, they, they tend to do picnic packed lunches for them. So there's plenty of that left over, which is the same sort of idea we did with the TP52. So we were looking forward to that. That unfortunately has already been cancelled. Yeah, we were, that were very much, yeah, we were very much looking forward to working with the uh, the Palmer Super Yacht Show again. I don't, I think that is uh, still on for the for the moment. But and again, it's not my event, not my place to say so. But but I think any of us will know that you know that that may be subject to confirmation. Um, but we were very much looking forward uh, to that. We were also very much looking forward to working with um, Sunsail uh, Moorings uh, and Dream Charters, which are all the um, the weekly sort of bareboat charters going from Calanova, where I am, um, and and on the Paseo uh, in Palma. Lots of bareboat charters going out every week. Um, where where they buy loads of food at the beginning of the week, and of course there's plenty of stuff left over, and all those boats are emptied out on a Saturday morning. So I was getting teams of volunteers all lined up for Saturday mornings because to to do that, that of course has, uh, on has taken a big hit and 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 not and not happening. So uh, yeah, so so yes, we so a few of the things that we were were hoping to do obviously aren't uh, are on hold. aren't happening. Um, in a, alongside the Palmer Boat Show we, was the, the Super Yacht Charities Dinner. Seafarer's uh, uh, Supper. The Seafarer's Supper at uh, Canada which we were very much uh, looking forward to. So again, that, that may be in doubt, but obviously we were one of the, the beneficiaries there, which was, was would have been fantastic. So, um, yeah, so, so yes, <laughs> things have changed somewhat. And obviously it's no longer practical to be running around collecting small small donations here and there although what we did manage to do when the lockdown came i think literally did they announce it on the saturday, on the saturday to, yeah to take place from the monday and literally they and tador realizing that they weren't weren't going to be able to serve people inside put the word out for um uh takeaway containers just you know those sort of indeed like chinese boxes, like yeah chinese takeaway containers those and whatever kind of things um uh so louise and i separately were were running around scouring all the chinese shops um emptying them out of everything we could um so we delivered those at the beginning of the following week before they were all shut down um and then we still had quite a lot of clothing uh in our container um as you probably know we, we've 
thanks to STP, who've been a great support. We have our own shipping container inside the yard um, where we collected stuff and sorted it out and, and, and from there did the distributions. We still had stuff in the container, so obviously there was no point in having anything there, so we got that away as Which, best can we Can I could. just say, it was uh, an excellent time because um, it has been really very cold and wet um, comparatively the past three weeks here in Bjorka. And, you know, it was Absolutely. one of the things I'd been thinking of because my youngest had turned to me and said, you know, mom, we're all warm and safe at home here. But, you know, what are all the homeless people doing in Majorca at the moment with the coronavirus? Because they don't have warm homes to go to. And it's really cold and wet right now. Absolutely right. And so we'd, we'd already been asked for quite a bit and we'd been doing as much as we could with warm stuff even before the lockdown, because, again, even though it can be nice during the day, it's still jolly, jolly cold at night and we've had plenty of rain, as you as you rightly say. So, um, yes, I had a lot of help there specifically with warm clothing um, from a good friend, Angela McGrath. I, I, she runs the, the, the lovely team who run the cancer care charity shop in Kalanova. I happen to live directly above it. Um, and they were a great help because they were, from the shop's point of view, as we got in, you know, heading towards spring, they weren't necessarily able to sell winter clothing anymore, but they had lots of stuff that they could, uh, that we could still make use of. So they very kindly bagged up uh, lots of big bags of uh, uh, bags full of warm clothing, loads of uh, sweaters, trousers, socks, shoes, and so on. Um, so we managed to uh, collect together a whole lot of those. So yes, so ev everything we could get our hands on and everything we already had, we managed to get distributed. Um, wow, so we that was one busy weekend, I'd imagine. So to get everything away. Well, it, was sort of, it, it went over into the next week, and obviously we went been trying not to move around so much but i i did i'd looked at the regulations and certainly in the initial instructions item five clearly said that it, you know one was entitled to to go go around helping vulnerable people and i think we could justifiably say we were doing that so i printed out that and also just some copies of the uh, Facebook posts of what we'd been asked for and so on. And uh, I was I was stopped twice by the police, once by the Guardia Civil and once by the Politia Local, both of whom, when I showed them what I was doing, said, oh, absolutely fine. Thank you very much. Carry on. Um, so it was, it was, uh, that was, wasn't a problem. But at the same time, obviously, yeah, it's, it, one, one also has to be sensible and. Yeah. And you know, mind yourselves. And yeah. And, and also I have to say, I, I do feel uh, a lot of people, our friends, uh, you know, in other places have thought it's very strict and severe in Spain. Uh, personally, I'm I'm very grateful for the work that they're doing because, you know, their role right now is to help protect us. So I, I believe the best we can do is try and help and support them by just being respectful of the conditions we've been put in. And it's the only way we're going to help move this curve and get back to normal island life here in Mallorca. No, I, I think that's absolutely right. And then, so together with my wonderful team of volunteers, and well, Louise has borne the brunt of it, who's who's the uh, our in-house Facebook wizard. Um, we 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 looked at this and decided, and, and obviously, our much enjoyable as it was running around, meeting lots of lovely people and collecting things, and and delivering them to lots of wonderful people. Uh, it, that was clearly no longer tenable. So yeah, no, but um, I mean, so for both your team and everybody, do you know it? It complicates everything in many ways. So um, well, it, 
How did you how did you go laterally on it? Well, exactly. So the only the sensible thing to do then was simply was to be, switch it from a, a food raising campaign to a fundraising campaign. A well, for, for two reasons. One, one just because obviously it's easier to collect money um, with, <laughs> with without causing any unnecessary uh, social interaction uh, and so on. But also just from a practical point of view, obviously we were collecting all sorts of random things. Um, which was great, uh, but it did mean that for for Tardor, for example, if we if, if we took a few tins of X and a couple of packets of Y, then that needed to be put to one side until there was enough of a particular thing to to make a dish of the day, you know, that was going to feed two or three hundred people. Mm. Um, so although that was fine in normal times because we just kept accumulating stuff and they were they were storing things up, obviously now their their numbers have got more um but they they have to be able to plan every day you know what are we going to cook today what are we cooking tomorrow and the day after and just be able to ensure that they have sensible quantities of the right things so it's much more sensible now that we try to collect money uh and uh, and, and and that we send it to, to them and then they can they know exactly what they need rather than having to accumulate uh things until they have a sufficient quantity yeah make, um so makes from, sense from if you think of the volume of a couple hundred people that they're feeding every day you know yes. anywhere between three and six hundred um yeah that is exactly. a lot and and there's no way you can do that without being very organized and being able to plan just one meal for it, everybody exactly and and gabrielle taro's wonderful chef and and his amazing team i mean they're a whole group of them who are still as you say still working away you see they they put lots of pictures of the wonderful people on their on their facebook page um there's a whole group of dedicated people there um but yes they they need the, they're turning up every day but we can we can make life easier for them by giving them the money they need to buy and then they can say right i need 30 kilos of that and 40 kilos of the other um for tomorrow and then and then they can they can plan that accordingly because obviously supplies in general after the initial nonsense of panic buying which was never necessary because i have a very very good view of the the bay from where i am and i can tell you that the supply ships that come in and out every day have never stopped um they the, the, so there never were any shortages except those which were manufactured by people buying unnecessarily um so if we give them the money they can they can buy what they need um, can I just add again, I talked about this in the show where we weren't able to connect live, but I um, very much, I was saying how we, we go out every evening and we clap and we sing for the medical community. Um, but these people right now, I mean, they are always working hard year round. So we commend them anyway. But I think particularly now getting up, donning their gloves and masks and working hard all day long to feed what I can only imagine is an increasing amount of food and people in need. They are very much um, our unsung heroes that, you know, maybe we should just sing a little bit longer for them as well. Yes, quite, and and I think, and, and also, and also, yes, add the crews of the supply ships to that list too. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, there's um, so many people that we're relying on to keep us afloat right now, um, and yeah. keep us going, and and minding the vulnerable ones that you know, 
we're, we are all feeling vulnerable in our own homes. Um, I think we've forgotten a little bit as a society about how much tougher it's got to be without a home, without having, you know, regular food or that, you know, contact of, of family and friends around to support you or even being able to phone people and, and connect with them. You know, um, they are doing an amazing job of of caring and love at this time. And I'm sure it's great sacrifice to themselves. Uh, yes, absolutely. As I say, I, I, I've met a lot of wonderful people in, in the in the various different charities that we've been very privileged to be involved with. And uh, yes, you, you could not meet a, a nicer, more utterly dedicated bunch of people. Um, but uh, yes, they're wonderful. Very, very moving to see them at work and to see their dedication and commitment. So, so Nick, if uh, people want to get involved, uh, where do you want to direct them to? Yes, please. We, we we set up a GoFundMe page. I say, I say we. Louise set up <laughs> a GoFundMe page. It was quite a struggle because it, she spent hours on this last week. Uh, because I think what we've worked out is that if you put a link in a story in Facebook, it doesn't necessarily reach the normal numbers of people because we were regular used to reaching. Five, ten, fifteen thousand people with a with a Facebook post. Her, her personal best was twenty six thousand, um, which is just mind boggling. Um, so, uh, and then suddenly, the, so these, when we started this, it, it was it was struggling to reach a few hundred people. And then she realised that it was because if you put the link in the message, it didn't like it, which is why. So, if I think when um, when you put the Facebook announcement that we were going to do this. Uh, I actually put, I had the same problem. I put the link in my message underneath my post because it wasn't rendering right if I put it in my post. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then Louise copied and pasted it into some of the work because I think she reposted it and so on. And so, yeah, Louise had done the same. So, yes, if if anybody who would love to like to donate and however small an amount, because we realize that lots of people are struggling at the moment and who don't, you know, whose own work situations is... Uh, work situations are are, are in doubt um, but anything you can do because even if you've got something there are a lot of people who really do have absolutely nothing um, so yes if you can please it's a it's GoFundMe uh, and you will find the link if on on Facebook either on the Yachting Gives Back page or as a comment but it'll be in the comments below the story or the story of where where you posted the announcement of this interview on your on your post so I think Louise has uh, put it under there so um you will find it it's it's yachting gives back and go on on, on go fund encourage people to go and have a look at your site too i know you link up to socio todor and when you see the faces and the stories of what you're doing and and how you're helping them it gives us all good reason to help support this Yes, absolutely. Yes, please follow. Yes, if you follow Yachting Gives Back on Facebook, events on there. And then, yes, Louise uh, is posts regularly very moving stories about uh, the people we've come across and uh, and so on. And also the, and the, and the people who've helped. Um, you know, we've, we've had fantastic support. I must just say, if I can also just saying a couple of big thank yous um collectively you certainly well and, and dave for doing the website and you for doing the, the the first interview i did about a year ago um i've done quite a few others since i've had wonderful support from the media but i just wanted to say particularly simon at the islander has been an absolute uh, rock of uh, solid support a man with uh, a big heart 
Yeah, totally. Uh, Simon has done an absolutely brilliant job. Um, and also just uh, amongst the, we've had some very generous um, donations uh, and so on. But I just want to say particularly um, Richard and Justine Masters of Master Yachts, um, a, a for some ve for very generous support, but also Richard to, just for taking the trouble to pick up the phone to me several times just with constructive, see how things were going and offering very constructive advice and so on. And it's just very nice to have support of other people in the industry who've uh, you know giving it some thought and doing uh, doing what they can um and and also of course I, and i must say just from the very beginning of course pin supply um because they uh, they helped us from the start when we started off we were just handing out pin supplies cardboard boxes and so on through the through the shops and vans so uh, they've supported me from the very beginning um can I add in, because I know she's the one I've been seeing, um, Louise, for her fabulous skills of getting the message out there. Um, oh, no, no, totally. Uh, again, it, <laughs> I mean, just uh, I have to say, that I, I mean, I started off, I printed because with my fellow pensioners, uh, Paddy and Dennis, and then uh, more recently, uh, Jules, uh, and we were, you know, I printed flyers and we handed out flyers and that was all very well. Um, but I, I, I could be handing out flyers from now till doomsday and never reach the number of people Louise reaches with one of her brilliant Facebook posts. So, yes, uh, I, I have been dragged into the 21st century, which is, uh, uh, has been a huge improvement in our fortunes. Yeah, but, you know, if um, I think the lovely thing that I've heard over the past year, because we've got to meet up with you as well, is the incredible difference it makes to have a team. And uh, I think we're all feeling that right now. You know, the slogan of together we're stronger um, is yeah. certainly one we're feeling in different ways throughout the world right now and certainly here in Mallorca. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I've been very honoured to be, I mean, just the people in my immediate team, my wonderful volunteers, um, and also, as I say, the, the amazing people I've met in the, uh, in the charities too. they um, been, been very privileged. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we have been talking with Nick Entwistle from Yachting Gives Back. Please check it out on the website, on their Facebook page, um, the support that they are giving to the homeless and the hungry here in Mallorca is making a profound difference. Um, please check out their GoFundMe page and whatever you can share, please do. Thank you for listening. From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio.